Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Welcome to episode 50 of Gather Moms Podcast. Whoop, whoop. 50 is the golden anniversary. 50 is what? The golden anniversary, like for marriage? Yeah. What Diamond. does that mean? Like you Platinum. get Goldman? You get gold? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to give gold? Hey, we don't do that in our marriage. We don't do that no. whole paper, no, porcelain. They're, yeah, they're terrible up until like, I think silver is 25 or something. I don't want anything silver. Yeah, and it takes a long time to get there. I'm at 21. I know. I was just thinking. I'm not that far. I'm at like almost 19. Can it be diamonds every year? I that, mean, why should it be anything different? It should be diamonds every year. Welcome to the diamond episode of the Gather Moms <gasps> podcast. It's the diamond episode. <laughs> Do we get diamonds? Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Actually, Rebecca, that is so fitting. We're actually going to talk about precious stones today. <laughs> Look at us just nailing it from jump. I love it. Called okay. the Holy Spirit inspiration. It is. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. So we are talking about um, digging for something special today. And in our dig and in our search, I wanted to talk about all the things that moms have to search and dig for. Because let me tell you something. I am worn out with trying to find things that my kids lose. Do you, like, what is something that re- most recently your kids have lost or, like, couldn't find or you had to help them find? Okay, listen, this is one of the things about motherhood that I take great pride in. Uh-huh. I feel like I know where everything in our house is. Really? Yes. No, I'm not kidding about that. Like, when I find things for people in my house, it brings me greater joy than serving them dinner. Okay. I mean, I just love to be able to, Mom, I can't find that, and me be like, here it is. Really? Yes. Okay. It gives me great joy. Um. So, Greg lost his AirPods. Uh-huh. I couldn't find those. Oh. It made me really frustrated. Yeah. But then I got mad because I was like, those are expensive. Yes. And the fact that you don't know where they are. Yeah. Makes me frustrated. Yeah. He found them. <gasps> like, weeks later. Weeks later. Really? Yes. But there's one thing that we have lost in our house that we cannot find, and it's literally driving me crazy. What? Okay, so Abby has this backpack that's all sequins, has the letter A on the front. I'm saying all these details because somebody out in the podcast abyss may know where this item is. Okay. going to help Okay, me. great. I love it. It's black. It's got sequins. It's got the letter A on it. And inside of it is her Bible. <gasps> it's not a special Bible. You know, it's not like engraved yes. or whatever you call that. It's not engraved. Yeah, embossed. Embossed. It's just, you know, a childhood Bible I gave her. Yeah. But we can't find it. It's driving me crazy. So it's in the backpack. In the backpack. Somewhere. Somewhere. And this is like a sequin backpack. You don't lose stuff like that that's sparkly and right. stuff. Oh, that's sad. I hate that. We've lost Bibles. And we've gone digging through that that lost and found under the I went stairs. There. I went to yeah. the lost and found at our church. Uh-huh. I'm like, did they clean this out recently? There's yeah. nothing in here. Maybe oh. they moved it. Maybe they moved it. And I, I wonder, because we've gone digging around in there multiple times. Yes. and But I will tell you, I just... Hopefully this works for you too, because ours have always turned up eventually. That's what I keep thinking. Just like the AirPods turned up, I feel like it's going to turn up. So let me tell you a crazy story. So um, a year ago, 
I got a message on Facebook from someone that was in our youth ministry, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. And she sent me a picture and she said, hey, is this your Bible? And I was like, what? Yes, it is. It had you my- lost your Bible? Well, I, I think I'd even forgotten about it. You know, like it was just, I it was it had been so long ago that I had lost it um, when we were doing youth ministry. You know, I just, I don't know. Anyway, it was my Bible for sure. She had found it in one of the old youth buildings. Yes, because she's helping with this youth ministry there now. Oh my goodness. And so I got it back. That's that awesome. Yeah. So that gives me hope for this Bible. Yes, I feel really optimistic that you're going to God find it. does not allow his word to be lost. No, girl. No, that's somewhere in the Bible, ain't it? Okay, yeah. I'm about to call out the Holy Spirit to find this Bible yeah. for me. Because I don't think I've done that. That's the thing I haven't done. I haven't. I, you haven't prayed? <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I think I sometimes pray for lost things, but yeah. you know, like stuff like this for my kids, I'm like, it's, it's somewhere. No, I get it. I haven't prayed about it. Maybe I should pray about it. I'm having all these stories come to my mind about things I've lost. And I'm like, Kate, you got to edit. You cannot tell all this because you're going to beat people down <laughs> on the other side of the podcast. Oh, they love it. People love stories about I lost things. I remember being like 12 or 13 and I had this really expensive acne cream. My mom had taken me to the dermatologist and I had to keep it in the refrigerator like it was expensive. But for some reason I had taken it in my room. And I could not find it. And my mom was so angry at me. I mean, it was really expensive. And I remember praying and being like, God, please help me find this cream. Sure enough, listen, I'm telling you, I opened my eyes and I saw it between my bed and my nightstand on the ground. And I was like, thank you, Lord. It felt like a miracle, truly. So this is how my brain works. My first question is, how long has it been out of the fridge? Has it gone bad? Were you able to put it back in the fridge? I put it back in the fridge. I mean, as far as I remember, it still worked. And, like, I got out of the doghouse with my mom. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. We lose all kinds of things. Jeremy lost his Aggie ring, which is, like, huge, huge deal. Yes. at that church picnic. So he he thought we looked all over Harry Myers, could not find it. I mean, he was heartbroken about it. And I came home. I was looking through all the house and everything. And then I was cleaning out the coolers that he had taken up to the thing. And I dumped one over. And I see something shiny in there. And there was his Aggie ring. doesn't it make you feel so good when you're the one that finds it? It feels so good. It feels so good. But I honestly, like, it's funny to me. I don't like having to look for things. That frustrates me. Like, when we're trying to get out the door and they're like, they cannot find the water bottle. Like you use this water bottle every day. Where is it? You know, or Caroline recently, our main problem is she sleeps with this little dog. She calls junior. Okay. Oh, junior. Isn't that cute? It's junior. So she sleeps with him. So typically I don't let her take him anywhere, but every once in a while she's like, can junior ride with us in the car? He gets to ride in the car. He doesn't get to go in places cause we've lost him. Right. You right. Know? But so at bedtime she has to have junior. And so I'll be like exhausted. Finally get her into bed. We get the lights off. I'm kissing her. And she's like, where's Junior? And I'm like. got to start looking. So then I just blast an announcement to the house. I'm like, everybody, we're looking for Junior. And they all have to. Do you do it on the Alexa? No. (laughs) That would be so genius. It would be genius. I just shout. And I make everybody get up. Go look in the car, go look in the garage, go look in the backyard, go look in the living room. This is why people say the last kid is the favorite, because you are forcing the other children <laughs> who did not lose Junior yeah. to go and find Junior. To go and find it. Yeah. Okay, so my mom hack today is about finding things. Okay. Ooh, I'm excited. And I don't know, well, don't get too excited, because I don't know how much of a hack this is, as much as this is a principle that my dad, this was a hack he taught me growing up, okay? Okay. So this is something that we say in the Henderson family, because we don't just throw things places, all right? Like, we've got zones, you put things where they go, because my dad growing up, he said over and over, everything has a place, 
Sounds like Mary Poppins. Mm. So that's my mom hack. Everything has a place. So like everything needs to have a home where it lives, right? Your sunglasses don't live on the kitchen counter and in the car and in your purse and on a desk. No, your sunglasses live in one place. So pick that one place and put what them back it? there. What's like, tell me where that place is so I know. My sunglasses live in my purse. Yeah, but my husband doesn't have a purse. Okay, so his sunglasses need to live. Jeremy's sunglasses live in his bowl where he drops his keys. He has a bowl? Yeah. Okay. So, like, on our, our buffet where he drops his stuff down when he comes home, that's his drop zone. So, he puts his keys, his sunglasses, his wallet, his, he even takes his rings off right there. And he, that's his drop zone. He drops it all right there. I need a drop zone. Yes. I don't have one. So, the kids, when they come home from school, they have their drop zones. So, they have they hang up all their backpacks. Caleb this year, because he's in junior high, he wanted to switch his drop zone to his room. So he has a chair in his room. He drops his backpack, his badge, his water bottle. They all live in that one space. They're not allowed to be other spaces. That is where they live because everything has a place, right? So like mail in my house, when it comes home, it goes to the mail drop zone. We not The mail isn't like going out on a wandering exhibit around the house. The mail has Y'all, one spot. Kate would have hives if she came in my house. <laughs> I do not have zones. We do not have drop places. Things live everywhere. They but just everywhere. Yesterday, so Judd took his shoes off in a different place because I actually thought to myself, oh, you've never taken your shoes off there before. <laughs> I never, I didn't say anything. I was like, okay. It that's, doesn't bother you? No, because when he needed them the next morning, guess who knew where they were? <laughs> mom, I found the shoes. So then I got accolade for, gosh, mom, you always know where my stuff is. Oh, see, and that annoys me. I'm like, no, you need to know where this is. <laughs> Okay, so I thought I would share a couple of tips of things I found. I was kind of looking at, like, organizing things and other things I could share. But let me just tell you, that's my mom hack. Everything has a place. You need to make a home for things, like, so they know this is where this lives, okay? Um, But there were a couple of things that I really liked when I was researching. One is we cannot underestimate the value of the door shoe holder rack. Ooh, I love the door shoe holder rack. Right? It's my favorite. Okay. Holds many things other than shoes. You can organize everything in there, right? And so for littles that just have like some little shoes and stuff, I mean, Caroline, we put all her hair bands in there, um, bows, hats. And then if you don't need to use it for shoes, then put all the little toys in there, you know? Use a pouch for the little like Shopkins pieces and the little LOL things and the little Barbie things, you know? You can do all of that in there. You can use Legos. You can organize all kinds of things in the shoe organizer. This is making Kate so excited right now. I can see the like glow in her eyes. She's so happy. I love. I'm kind of getting nervous about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that would take so much work to take all those little pieces and put them in little holes. No, you can't hate on my mom hat. This is my moment to shine. Okay. (laughs) No, it's all going to work out. It's great. Okay. Okay. And then the other thing I saw has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. I just thought was really good is to leave a storage bin in your kid's closet and as they outgrow things, put them in that storage bin. Like as you're going through the car, why are you shaking your head? You're the worst. You're supposed to champion my hacks. It sounds like a lot of work to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but do you know how like you have to go through closets and like take out all the things that don't fit, right? Yes. And you just have to, like a whole thing. We just did it. It's so, such a beat down. Okay, so what if instead of that... We got in front of that whole process a little bit by, like, as you're trying to get your kid dressed and you realize, oh, this is too small, you just take that thing and throw it in that bin 
And so you like shrink that process by like a million percent. A million. And as the kids are older and they know this doesn't fit, well, then they can start putting it in that bin, you know? But then you've already done like most of the work. You're not having to spend a whole day going through their clothes and figuring out what fits and doesn't fit. You're just like culling it as you're using. <laughs> What's that word? Culling? Cull. C-U-L-L. Like Cole. refine. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I learned a new word on the podcast. If I had a an electronic device, I would look it up for you. Yes. Coaling. Okay. Cool. Listen, I support your organizational mom hacks. I think you are a genius. I think that your kids <laughs> are blessed and benefited by the greatness of these. And I would love, I would love for them to be implemented in my home. I'm just being realistic. <laughs> Yes. It's not going to happen. Well, okay. But I'm going to have Greg listen to this episode so that he can hear about the bowl. Because we don't have a bowl and he needs a bowl. Okay. If that is your one thing, Rebecca, (laughs) then I will have done my job. (laughs) I will have done my job. Target has super cute bowls. That's where I got mine. They do have cute bowls. And you just put it on your, you have an entry table. I do. put it on the entry table. Done. Done. Nailed it. Okay. Okay. So we're talking today about finding things because I think there's something really important that we need to be able to find. And a lot of times we just are not willing to do the work to look. And so today our episode is all about more Bible. What? We want more of God's And I shared about a lost Bible and I didn't even put those two things together. Yes. Y'all, the Holy Spirit is in this place. He is talking to us today. So here's the thing. I think even when, you know, you have, like for me, I have these organizational systems, right? Um, and, and we may already like have the thing, but we aren't willing to go and look for it. We're not willing to do the work to like, to look to find what we really need. So it made me think of Jeremy is the worst about, I have all these organizational systems set up, right? And he won't even try Like, he'll barely try to look for something, and if he doesn't see it immediately, he's asking me for it, okay, which wears me out. But our most hilarious um, illustration of this was I have in my pantry, like, these round Lazy Susan things that have all the medicines on them, you know? we have one of those. Okay, look at you. So organized. And um, so one day he was asking me for ibuprofen, and I was like, babe? Like, ibuprofen is not living on the bookshelf, like, 100%. It's not living, like, I don't know, in the toilet. Like, ibuprofen lives in the pantry on the medicine thing, right? This is not hard. No, not hard. So he goes, he opens up the pantry, he's looking at the medicine thing, and he's like, I can't find it. I'm like, look harder, screaming from the other room, because I'm not going to walk in We're not getting up to go, no. And he's like, I am looking, I don't see it. I'm like, look harder, right? No, he still can't see it. Y'all, you know I walked in there, walked right up. I mean, it was if it was a snake, it would have bit him, right? It's right in front of his face. And wears me out. He does that mess all the time. And now we can just laugh about it because it's just a funny quirk of his. And maybe all husbands? Yes. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Greg's more organized than I am. Okay, see. So okay. All right. he might have organized the lazy Susan to right. know. So where he the knows where it is. it is. Yeah. But but I think so So often that is how, what happens when we come to God's word, right? We open it up and we just kind of look at it and we're not really seeing what we're looking for. And we go, well, God, where is it? And he's like, look harder. 
you know, like, I, you know, isn't it supposed to just jump out at me? And he's like, no, look harder, right? Because he knows that there are great things in there if we will take the effort to get in there and dig around and, and find the things that are so much more valuable than the ibuprofen, right? That's right. Yes. So when I think about this, when I think about looking in God's word and finding the treasure, I think about Psalm 119, which is like just an incredible psalm. You know, you and read super it. super long. It's the longest, yes. But it's so full of David just, he was so in love with God's word, okay? So I want to read to you a few of the things that he said. Just kind of, I'm going to give you an overview, but it's a little bit of a list um, of the things that he said about God's word that I think are incredible. So he says this in Psalm 119, 18. He says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And um, then he says in 119.14, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. In verse 24, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. In verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 105, in verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 92, if your word had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. And finally, in verse 131, I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. I mean, that's just a that's just an overview, right? I mean, we could read Psalm 119 is he has this extreme love for God's word. And I think those are so amazing. And I want to say a couple of kind of nerdy things about Psalm 119. Ooh, I love them. Give us all the nerds. Okay. So first of all, I say it's David because it probably is David, but we don't know this for sure. Okay. So we can call him the psalmist or you can call him David in case we have any biblical scholars on the other end that are like, excuse me, Kate, you can't say for sure. Okay. You cannot say for sure. All right. And one of the really cool things about Psalm 119 is that it's an alphabetical acrostic. Did you know that? No. So there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and this psalm works through each of them with eight groups with groups of eight lines called strophes dedicated to each letter. So there's 22 strophes in all with eight lines each, and that helps to make this the longest of all the psalms and the longest chapter in the Bible. So 22 times eight? Yeah. Okay, come on, mathematicians <laughs> out there. What you got? Eight times 16, carry the one. Eight times 116? That sounds good. We <laughs> we will drop the confirmed answer in the show Judy, notes. <laughs> Judy, I know you're listening. Do the math in your head. 22 times 8. So as the psalmist is writing these amazing things about God's word, you know, how it was his delight, how it was sweeter than honey to him, how would he, he would have perished without it, how he pants for the commandments, I want you to realize that he is talking here about the Torah. Okay, he's talking about, I mean, no shade on God's word, but like he's talking about. Well, that's the, what I'm thinking. He doesn't have the new living right. Bible that's like pretty and have all these books. Yeah, right. He no, just, this is the Pentateuch. This is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And he's calling that amazing. Right. Those, that's all he had. And those was, are the ones that we skip. Yes. <laughs> And he's saying, these are my delight. I would have perished without them. They're better to me than the, any riches this world has to offer. Isn't that amazing? Okay, not only that. Think about this about Psalm 119. To gain access to these five books of the Pentateuch, he would have had to go to the palace. That was my next question. Does he have them out in the shepherd field with him? No. Because um, in Deuteronomy, it's commanded 
um, God commanded that the king have a copy or that, you know, it's in the tabernacle or the temple, okay? Depending on if this is pre-Solomon or post-Solomon era. But, but that's where this is kept. It's not like us where we have a Bible in our hands or on our phones. Or they're everywhere. No, they're only in the, it's only in the temple or the tabernacle or in the king's palace. Like you've got to go and read it if you're going to read all of these things. Did he have to memorize them? Did right. he have to memorize them? Or it's passed down orally. You know, so that you know it. So think about memorizing the book of Numbers. Uh, Right. Leviticus. Right. What? Yes. So people aren't walking around with scrolls, okay? Only the wealthiest people had anything written down. And God's word was mostly related orally and then memorized, okay? So when you put that into perspective, it's like, oh my goodness, how you have, would have had to do the work to make this your treasure, Yes, right? Yes. It wasn't just at your fingertips, okay? And like we talked about, these aren't the most exciting books of the Bible, okay? There's a lot of laws. There's a lot of like sacrificial. There's about, there's all these people groups, you know, that's basically the book of numbers, okay? But he has all of those memorized. And there's nothing about Jesus and forgiveness of sin and hope and eternal life and right right and that's what he has and um the other thing that I think is so incredible about this is he also didn't have the spirit so as new testament believers when we come to read the books of the bible we have the holy spirit who gives us insight who helps us to remember the word who gives us clarity who gives us counsel okay david is saying all of these things about god's word without new testament hope without having it at his finger fingertips and without the spirit opening up his eyes to see things in the word wow and if he can say all of those things about the scriptures from that perspective then what is happening to us? Why am I not walking around and saying all those things too, right? I mean, could you honestly say, if we were going to be really, really honest, could you honestly, could I honestly say that I find God's word better than the richest of spoils? Would I rather spend my time finding a great deal shopping online or studying the word? You know, if I'm going to be really, really honest with myself, where do I find my delight? That's a good question. I mean, that makes you think. Makes you think really hard yeah. because we're so easily satisfied. That's right. By these like lesser things. Okay. And I think I have, I have two reasons why I think we don't talk about God's word like David did. Okay. And I think the first one is exactly what you just said, that we have become satisfied with the things of the world. Right? We have this ache in our souls for something bigger and better. And so we just regularly try and quench that with something that this world offers right? Yes. Um, and you feel an ache, you feel this hunger. So you eat a big meal that tastes really good, or you buy a new outfit and you feel a little bit better for a while, but then that hunger comes back. And when we satisfy that hunger with anything other than God's word, we are never going to be satisfied. And I think one thing that's really interesting for us to think about when we think about spiritual hunger is that it works opposite a physical hunger, right? Right. This was a game-changing thing for me to get a hold of. And so for listeners, in case you've never gotten this, I want to explain this to you. So with physical hunger, you feel a hunger pain, you sit down and you eat and you feel satisfied. Spiritual hunger often works the opposite way. You may not feel the hunger within you, right? Or you may not know what that hunger is for, but you just sit down and you eat from God's word. 
And the more you eat, the more your hunger grows. And so you may be saying, Kate, I don't have a hunger for God's word. Okay, well, don't wait for the hunger. Just sit down and start eating and you will see that hunger start to grow. This morning when I was praying, I was actually, it's so funny that we're talking about this because I was thinking about there's some things in our world right now that are making me really like frazzled a little bit. Mm. Like, I can't believe this is happening and how can these people do this? And I was thinking about if I were sitting across the table from one of those people talking to them Mm -hmm. and they were telling me about the things that fill them, that give them, you know, make them feel satisfied. And I was thinking the thing I would want to say back to them is you're not really satisfied. You're actually empty. Mm. When you get away to that quiet place and you're away from all the accolade and the fame, are you still full? No, you need more. Yeah. You need more to fill you up. Yeah. And what you're saying about God's word is that when we go to it and we find our fulfillment there, we're not hungry for the world's affections and the things that it's trying to give us. Like it actually satisfies us in a way that none of this other stuff can. Yes. Yes. And it's so hard to teach someone that because it's hard to see the benefit of the Bible versus the benefit of, you know, somebody complimenting my outfit or me getting an award at work. Right. Right. But there's so much more fulfillment in God's word because it's satisfying the deepest part of ourselves, the part of our soul that we don't even know needs Jesus. And then once it's filled, we still, we feel so hopeful and so much more ready to go out and take on the next thing that God has for us. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's that treasure. You know, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust, moth and rust do not destroy, right? We are laying up so many earthly treasures. We spend our time, our passion, our money on those things that have no eternal value, right? And leave us hungry. But when we spend our time investing in eternal treasure that, you know, cannot be destroyed by the earth, my goodness, we find ourselves satisfied, right? Yes. So I think that's one thing. I think we don't talk about God's word like David did because we do, we just get satisfied by the things of the world. I think the other reason is because we aren't willing to dig. We aren't willing to do the work, right? We struggle because we want a quick payoff, just like Jeremy looking for the ibuprofen. You know, we just, we want it to jump out at us. Yes. But do truly valuable things ever jump out at us? Not unless you win the lottery. No. How many people won the lottery? No. You don't know nobody. No. Treasure must be sought after. It takes strategy, intention, and perseverance. And so if we want to say like the psalmist, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil and that the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces, we are going to have to work to find it like treasure. And so... That makes me think of treasure hunters and like people that search for gems. So this is so funny. We were just at a family wedding and I have an uncle that is a gem hunter. Really? Yes. Like that's his job? No, he's retired. (laughs) And so he goes out on these gem hunting expeditions. What is he looking for? Like rubies? Well, they find all kinds of like, I don't know, natural gems and then sometimes like precious stones. So my stepmom was actually wearing a ring. He had found a topaz and he gave it to her and she had it cleaned and she had it set and she wears it and it is gorgeous. Wow. But he takes the time and he goes out on these expeditions and he has to look for things. And so I think it was so interesting. And I think when we think about that same that same mindset of a gem hunter when we come to the scripture, 
I think it's a really good way for us to look at it. So let me tell you a few things I found in my research on gym hunting, okay? All right, so I found this website, like, explaining all about the hobby, and it, like, tells you how to get started, you know, as a gym hunter. And it explains this. It says, gym hunters go out and look for interesting geologic finds. They may end up with a few semi-precious stones or come away with thousands of dollars worth of diamonds. Look at us coming back to the Here intro. Here we are I to know. the diamonds. Isn't that amazing? Okay. So then the like site explains that um, what kind of gems were found in different areas and how you find them. And then it said this specifically. It said, you can't just head outside and poke around and hope to find specific types of gems and crystals. You have to learn how to look for certain types of rocks and environments to find the gems. Right? Takes work. You don't just stumble upon right. it. Right. You don't just like walk out into a field and, oh, there's a diamond. You have to know this rock, this type of rock produces this type of mineral. And if I will start chipping away and dig into this rock area, then I will find the diamonds, right? Right. It doesn't just sit out there. And so it has a whole list of like the things that you need to go and, you know, like these are the clothes you need. These are the, this is your guidebook. Like, oh my goodness. Right. Go to our Amazon links and purchase Hello. these <laughs> I would like some gem finding outfits. And so there's a whole, there's a whole plan. And I think that we need to have that mindset. When we come to scripture, you know, when I was a kid, I would just say, okay, God, almost like a Ouija board. I know that's super weird, but I would have my Bible and I would say, did you do Every this? Every believer has done this where they open their Bible and just expect some amazing verse to jump off the page. Yes. You just think, you just think, you just say, okay, God, show me what you want me to read today. And you open your Bible and hope it's just going to like, listen, I feel like God's saying, read anything. Like all of it's good. Okay. Whatever page you land on, there's something good there. Yeah. So, but I think you open it and think it's going to be like this anointed verse he has just for me. And he's going, they're all anointed. Yes. They're all from my mouth. Yes. They're all good. They're all good. And you know, let me just say as an aside, I've almost finished, um, I cannot believe it's October and we just started the New Testament and reading the Bible in a year. Okay. I'm doing the, you're doing so good. We're uh, cheering you on. Get it. Doing the Bible recap with Charlie Cobble. It's so good. But it's October, and we just started the, the New Testament. Yes. yes, you know, and I think something that we number one, this is just an aside. We have to remember when we come to the scriptures, it is not about us; they are about God. Everything in our American culture and in our lives is always about us. Yes. What can I get out of it? What yes. does it mean for me? Yes. How can I customize this so that it's just like I like it? Mm-hmm. And if we come to God's word with that attitude, we are going to be disappointed. Yes. Because God's word is about him. And we need to be looking for him and what it says about him. Yes, there may there will be plenty of times where there's application for you. But if you skip to that every time, you're going to miss so much and you're going to be disappointed. That's right. So I want us to talk a little bit about, you know, if we're going to go on this treasure hunting expedition, I thought it would be fun for you and I to share, you know, as we have done our own treasure hunting in God's word, what has worked for us that we could share with the moms who are listening, you know, so that they can, they can get a piece of this too, you know, and, and understand what it's like, you know, there have been moments where I could say like with David, I would not have made it if I did not have God's word sustaining me without these truths in my heart and in my mind, you know, that they were so much better to me. I will say one thing, just as we're kind of talking about reading the Bible in a year, it is not a treasure hunting expedition. It is a drinking from a fire hose. You're getting a whole just kind of big macro picture of the whole thing. 
So my hope for this next year, now that I've read it as a big picture, my hope is to maybe say, okay, I'm going to spend six months in the book of John. Yes. Or I'm going to spend three months in Colossians. Yes. Right? Yes. Those are those treasure hunting expeditions. Because, um, you know, what we're doing right now, when you when you read the Bible in a year, you, you're going to find little gems here and there, but you're not getting to dig in the way that you, that I really love to dig. Right, right. But I think it's good. This is going to be my fourth time to do it. And I think it's good every few years to kind of just get a whole big picture of the, the big story of the Bible. Okay. Well, and that's where I started with you guys. Yeah. And I checked out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to dig. Yes. And I couldn't. Yeah. Because if I started digging, I would get behind. Yeah. And then when I got behind, I wouldn't feel like I could catch up. Yeah. So I checked out on Read the Bible in a Year because it was, and maybe that's not what God wanted me for this year. Maybe he wanted me to be able to dig. Yeah. But I'm actually digging in the book of John right now. Are you really? Yes. And I love it. Awesome. I love taking little pieces and looking up word meanings and finding where there's other scriptures in the Bible that relate to those. Love it. I'm underlining and highlighting. And so when I get done with this book of John, I'm going to know the book of John really well because it's my opportunity to dig and to I go on a that. treasure hunt. I love that. I love that. So that's just kind of a note. If you are, if you're joining with, there are so many people that are reading. Thank God for Tara Lee Cobble and what God has done in her heart. Because I think so many people are reading the Bible through in a year. So unless you just happen to have three hours of free time every day, you're not going to be able probably <laughs> to dig if you're doing the whole Bible. Right, right. Okay. Um, but when we dig, and it may be in preparation for teaching somebody, or maybe God spoke a scripture to you or you saw something, you go, okay, I don't really want to get into this. It can be a concept. It can be a book of the Bible. It can be a scripture. You know, it can be a character where you get down and you really start to dig. Okay, so I wanted to share a few things. And just as I'm sharing, Becca, will you share too, just kind of your favorite um, tools for digging in the Word? I think one thing that we often miss that is so important is the very first step is just to get still and quiet our hearts. Because I think we get excited about the expedition. I certainly do. Yes. I mean, I'm such a nerd. I love opening up commentaries and dictionaries and my online software and everything. But if I miss, if I miss the God who created the treasure, showing me where the treasure is, I've missed it. Right, right. We're inviting God to open our hearts for that moment instead of rushing ahead to go, I can't wait to see what I find. Yes, yes. So we just stop before him and we say, you are the one who created this treasure. You hold all the treasure. Would you leave me? Give me, me? some. Yes. yes. Ask I, for it. Ask I him to it. open it up. Yes. And for me, I breathe in and out and in and out until I feel like my soul has settled and I'm in a place where the rushing of the world has stopped. And then I always keep a little notepad beside of me in case I think of something else that I'm thinking about or want to be working on. It's kind of set there so that if my thoughts start to get away from me or I start feeling anxious again by other things I need to be doing, I can jot those down. And stay in it. Stay present with the Lord in that moment. That's so practical. That's a great little tip. Okay. So that's where we start. And then what we want to do is we want to read the word. And we, I really want to encourage you to read it three or five times. And of those three or five times, that you, a couple of those would be out loud. Don't you think that there's something that yes. happens yes. When, we, when we hear it? Yes. It's right? like we talked about on episode 48 when we talked about praying. Yeah. I can pray in my head all day, but sometimes it makes a difference when you say it out loud. Yes. And I think reading God's word out loud is the same thing, you know? Yes. And so then as you read it, you might emphasize different words. 
you know? So you take a word and, and you see how that word stands out in the sentence. And then the next time you read it, you see how the next word stands out in the sentence. And you go, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen that if I only read it once. Right. But as I read it two, three, four, five times, and, and for some people, it may be that you need to take that verse and write it down and then work through it that way. Okay, so what we're going to do then after we read it is we're going to take you through three steps because we always want to do what we call in Bible study observation, interpretation, and application. So we're going to look at what does it say? That's observation. We're just looking for the facts. We're going to do interpretation and say, what does it mean? And then finally, application, what do I do? Those are important because I think we are trained to jump immediately to application. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. We're always trying to pull out, how's it going to change my life? Right. How does this apply to me? Right. And we miss so much and and we really can miss sometimes even how that's meant to be applied if we don't go through those first two steps. So in observation, you just take some time and just sit in that word, read it over and over. Look at what the verbs are. Look at what the nouns are, the adjectives. See if there's some words that jump out to you. And also that's a great time for you to say, I have a question about this or that, you know? Yes. Does God talk about this other times in the scripture? Is this the only time a donkey speaks? Are there other times animals speak in the Bible, you know? Yes. And you kind of just start to ask some questions. And then you're going to go into that interpretation time where you're saying, okay, what does this mean? And this is a great time if you have any commentaries or dictionaries that you start to pull those out. Rebecca, do you have any like free online resources that you like to use? I love Bible Gateway. Yeah. BibleGateway.com. You can go to it and you can look up any scripture in the verse, any scripture in the Bible, in any translation of the Bible. Yes. I love to put different different translations translations. and see how one says it one way and one says it another way. Yep. But it also has um, commentaries on there that you can just connect to from the verse. You know, it's all kind of linked together. So it's a great way to just go in, especially if you don't, if you're just starting, just to go in and kind of see what's available to you. Yeah. There's a Bible study tools and there's, I think it's Blue Letter Bible that are all free. Um, Jeremy, we pay for something called Logos. So I have access to that and it has, um, I really love the word biblical commentary. And so we have access to some of those. Um, In case you really are wanting to go deep, you can pay to get that online software. It's wonderful. I also really love the ESV study Bible. I think that, um, and you can access all of that content online, but any really good study Bible, you know, and I would encourage you to not jump to the study notes first. Right. Read it on your own. Ask God what he wants to say. Let some things pop out to you after you've had time to pray and think about it. Then go read what the commentators have to say, right? Yes. Well, and some of those Bibles have, at the beginning of each book of the Bible, a little write-up on who wrote it, when they wrote it, what was happening, who it was written to. That's all great information, too. So great. And then cross-referencing. So you'll notice in your Bible, um, this is making me want to teach. I want to like have a whole thing with moms where we, I show them how to dig in the scriptures. This is one of my favorite things yes, in yes. the world. But when you're looking at scriptures and it has a little number next to it, that means that there's a cross-reference. And so in your Bible, it may be in like the center column where it's there. It could be at the bottom. You know, some of those are footnotes. But if you see a little like number and a letter, then look and oftentimes it'll show you where that same word is used in other scriptures. And man, that can bring so much light to what God is trying to say in that particular verse or chapter of the Bible. So good. All those are just great, great ideas for people. So we're going to observe it, we're going to interpret it, and then we apply it. And we ask us some questions about, what does this teach me about God? 
What does this teach me about me? What is, is there something in here that I need to do more of or less of? We start to ask ourselves some questions and we will put this all in the show notes. Um, I would love to put that in there. Some of the questions I ask and then some of the things that we use for observation and interpretation. I have a whole PDF. We'll just go ahead and drop that in the show notes so that if you are wanting to go deeper in your Bible study and really dig for treasure, that you have some of those tools right there for you. The Bible study I'm doing right now on John, like after each of my lessons, the first question they ask me is, what does this tell you about God? And moms, I'm not going to lie, I get frustrated. I'm like, why do I have to keep answering this question? (laughs) Like, I just want to know what applies to me. Yeah. But it's crazy when you stop and you look at what it tells you about the character of God Mm -hmm. or the type of commands that God gives or the way God shows love or compassion. You just begin to see this giant theme through the whole Bible. And so many times we don't see the big picture because we're so caught up in what that particular verse means to my particular life for this particular time. Yeah. And so I really think that that question, what does it tell you about God, is weaving this giant theme of the Bible through who God is because the same God in Genesis is the same God in Revelation. That's right. And so it's a beautiful question, but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, do I have to answer this again? I'm so glad you're honest about that. Yes. Yes. But listen, it really is for a purpose. It's good stuff. Yes. So I think when we're willing to do the work, right, we're willing to really go and look in the scriptures and sit with God and ask him what he wants to say, slow down, not be in such a hurry. The payoff is incredible. I mean, it is truly life-changing. And I love what it says in Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. It says, my son, if you accept my words... And sort my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. All these areas where we're looking for wisdom and want to know God's best and his plan, he wants to show us. He wants to show us it's available to us. If we are willing to search for it as hidden treasure, he wants to give it to us. I love that promise, and I don't want to miss that. Listen, I'm feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now because I'm thinking about as we're coming up on the holidays, mm. like there are so many things I'm going to search for. Mm. I'm going to search for Christmas decorations. Yeah. I'm going to search for gifts for people that I love. Yeah. I'm going to search for sales and yes. discounts. Yeah. And if I added up all the hours that I search for those things. All the hours. They would far outweigh the amount of time I'm searching in scripture. Yes. So I am feeling right now like, hey, before you jump into searching for these earthly treasures, would you please spend time searching for spiritual treasure? I love that. I love that. That's so good, Becca. That's so good. Hey, I got, are you about to end? I got two things. Yeah. Number one, our episode is called More Bible. Uh-huh. I don't think you said that. I did. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go back and listen. Okay. So just in case y'all didn't know, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, More yeah. Bible. Number two, there are not 122 verses in Psalm 119. Have you I been did, sitting there doing the I've math? I've been doing the math in my head. I did it wrong. There are some of you listening right now that have literally been uncomfortable this entire episode because you knew my math was wrong. And I just want you to know that I recognize that, and it's 176. It makes me so proud that you can do that math in your head. Like, my brain, like, if I try and do that, it just, like, stops. It really? just shut. Yeah. I love doing math in my head. I love that about you. It brings cannot. me joy. But I just want our listeners to know, for those that are mathematicians out there and you cannot handle yourself, I have rectified this sin in telling you that there were an incorrect number of verses in Psalm 119. Okay? Judy would be so proud. So I I love thinking about 
getting more of God's word, getting more Bible, getting more of what really matters. And I love what you said about, especially thinking about that in light of the holidays and that are coming. You know, I just, we had to go to that family wedding and I spent hours looking for the right dress, looking for the right shoes, searching for that treasure. How much time have I spent searching for what really, really matters? Amen. Yes. Because the treasure of God's word will never disappoint, never go out of style, never make us have heartburn, never hurt us, never destroy our relationships, never rob our bank accounts. This treasure gives us a revived soul, wisdom, a heart full of rejoicing, endurance, righteousness, helps us understand God and his ways. I have one more thing I want to tell you about. So as I was researching about treasure, I came across this story of a couple who bought a bowl at a garage sale for $3 in 2007. And it was just like, honestly, it looks like a little plain white, like a sauce bowl. Like it's smaller than a cereal bowl. Okay. It's just like a little bitty bowl. And it was small as about, it says um, it was five inches in diameter and they just set it on their mantle in their living room. And it sat there for years until 2013. They just started getting curious about it and wondered if it might be worth more than the $3 that they paid. So they consulted some experts and experts and found out that it might be worth somewhere between $200,000 and $300,000. What? Yeah. Because this bowl was actually from the Northern Song Dynasty from the 10th century. So they took it to Sotheby's to be auctioned. And how much do you think this bowl went for? Wait, they, they actually sold it? Yes. Yeah, a $3 bowl that they got at a garage sale. They found out it's from the 10th century. You said between 200 and 300. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with 276. Rebecca, it sold for $2.2 million. What? $2.2 million. Isn't that incredible? Who's paying $2.2 million for a bowl? I mean, but it was from this famous Asian dynasty, right? But it's just this like. You know, something that wouldn't catch your eye is just this plain little bowl that had been sitting on their mantle in their house that was worth so much, and they had no idea. I mean, can you imagine how much that changed their lives? And it had just been sitting there. It just had been sitting in their house that whole yeah, time. Yeah, let's think about the person that sold it for $3. I mean. Right? Please okay. don't tell him what you got that what you got for oh that bowl because they'd be feeling real bad so, about their life. Yeah. But I want you to think about how much this is true for you and me because – We have Bibles sitting in our homes on a nightstand, on a shelf, on a dresser. You may be paid $30 for it, and it just sits there. And we forget the treasure that is held within that book, and it just sits there. And it is worth far more than the $2.2 million that that couple paid for it. That's right. Far more. Because it not only has value in this life, but in the life to come. And it just sits there. And so I just want us to think about today as moms that we have a treasure in our homes that we maybe are not taking full advantage of how valuable it is. And so today, maybe could we consider that that book that it's on your phone or it's sitting on your nightstand or it's on a shelf somewhere in your house, it has so much value. It is a treasure worth billions, diamonds, better than any of those things. And we just take it for granted. It's just sitting there. So could we be moms that crack it open and say, God, we know that this holds more value than anything Amazon has to offer. And so I want to sit down here with you and I want you to lead me on a treasure hunt. And I want you to change everything about my life because I am going on this hunt with you. I love it. I love it. All right, moms, we love you so much. We hope that you would treasure your word.
We're going to be going after God's word together with you. Love you. Bye. Want to link arms with other moms who get you? Join us at the Mom Event, October 22nd and 23rd. The live event will be at Lake Point Church in Rockwall, Texas. Go to lakepoint.church mom to register.